Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 166 of the Picos Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello, hello. And this week, uh, it's a bit of a grab bag. We're going to catch up on stuff like the Mega Dungeon that we wanted to talk about last week and didn't quite have time to. There's also some Holy Paladin and Brewmaster nerfs. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about those. And then, uh, you know, Glorbo's here. Glor- so... Glorbo is, is here, full force. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> before we get into that, how was, uh, how was Raid this week? Uh, raid, you know, we are still in the, the throes of Starcraft progression, but Raid went really well, actually. So we we are now consistently seeing P3 and sort of slowly working through the dance in P3. So we've basically gotten through, so getting the three face or, you know, P3 pretty consistently and seeing the, like, the first or the second big circle-y thing. I don't know what it's yeah. called. Yep. Or you get, like, Cosmic we're, ascension. I guess... Yeah, so we're getting we're doing the knockback, dropping all the um, or group soaking the black hole, dropping the mountains over there, the little rocky things, and then getting back in, and then we're sort of wiping, doing that next move, which is like using the black hole to remove part of the um, the second uh, right. clumping of rocks you have, plus doing bombs is sort of that is the portion we're dying at. So gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah. So we're we're it's been a ton of progress on Tuesday, and then Thursday. Tuesday was progressing in there, and then Thursday was pretty consistently getting there. Um, but still, would not without, you know, our only evoker, uh, you know, had his power cut out, uh, <laughs> lost it for literally the almost the entire raid on Thursday. So we had to bring in our raid leader, who typically sort of does the twenty-first man thing, um, and sort of subs in. So that was fun. So no evokers, so a little bit of the damage lost there. And then um, what else happened? That was. Are you, nice. are you guys playing an augmentation evoker or is this a, a devastation Dev, devastation yeah we we had him swap between the two because we only have one evoker our main evoker on roster and he played aug for the second half of tuesday and like literally zero dps difference like classes did more damage but like the loss of his damage didn't make up for the gain around other people so like we basically yeah. said play whatever you find better like devastation probably ends up being yeah, better that's, so that's our our evoker does not want to play augmentation and they're very good at devastation so they are staying devastation yeah it seems like if you have one it's probably fine to leave them leave them on dev if you have two you probably want one aug and one dev just to sort of spread it around but in any event i mean progress seems well i feel like there's a kill in our in our sort of our future this week we just have to just clean up stupid deaths early and then just sort of see the the last i think there's only probably like two or three mechanics that we really are portions or parts of the fight we really care about uh after that so but yeah we'll see how was um how was reclear on your side uh it actually has gone really really well so far i oh, nice. uh i put an ungodly amount of time into doing prep <laughs> for reclear um just kind of like trying to front load a bunch of it so that I, uh, you know, it would all be ready for future weeks. And I feel like that really paid off because on Friday we, uh, we got, like, we were on Magmarex before, our, like, we, we have a break halfway oh, through wow. raid. Yeah. We on Magmarex. Um, and, like, Rashok had been a big point that I was concerned about. I watched other guilds that had been reclearing for a while just, like, wipe multiple times on Forgotten Experiments and tank stuff, but we one-shot it, you know. Nice. Things like that. Um, it's also, I don't know what it is. So I, I'm playing Brewmaster. Somebody in chat asked what I'm playing right now. I'm playing Brewmaster. I don't know what it is, 
whether it's me you know getting more sleep or just like <laughs> the brewmaster rotation being more comfy for me right now um like we're back on blackout combo with tiger palm um this is like the og like i spent three years in legion playing basically this rotation um it's different now but you know everything stays the same at the end um nice and I don't know, like I just found it much easier to focus on stuff in in like Forgotten Experiments, which was a big problem <laughs> the first time. We yeah. Um, Rashok went well. Uh, Scarn, we I don't think we one shot. I think we two shot it. it was, how actually, real quick, just on Rashok, how did the how did the nerf sell? Like, did it was it noticeable in terms of like the healing or? I honestly couldn't tell. Uh, you couldn't tell you. Okay, like, fair enough. It, fair enough. We our healing comp changed quite a bit, so I had to put a good bit of time into healing stuns as well. So yeah. we have a priest uh, that is now uh, trialing with incarnate, uh, okay. aka the guild that Jack is in. Nice. Um, and so we have no more priest, and our misweaver rerolled to preservation evoke. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, they they're just like I'm having way more fun playing Pres- preservation evoker in like alts alt raids and stuff. Yeah. Like, can I just play preservation evoker and hey, sure you can play preservation evoker? Uh, yeah. They did. You know, we got the really really exciting huge value rewind on the very last searing slam. Nice, nice. <laughs> just like a million h, literally a million HPS. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. It. I honestly couldn't tell you the difference. It did. We didn't feel like we were going to be losing people to uh, the Searing Slam in the same way. However, we also, the first time we killed it, we only had one warrior in, which was a mistake. It was a mistake. Um, And no DKs or anything like that. We had a paladin, so our our DR cooldowns were Aura Mastery and Rallying Cry. Yeah. It. Uh, this time around, we had two rallies: aura mastery and uh, anti magic zone. Yeah. So, so you had, yeah, you had plenty of yeah stuff to cover late. Yeah, literally two times as many drs to to cover the last phase. It it just felt significantly better. And I don't know how much of that is actually the reduced damage, and how much of that is had a better comp for it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we got to Neltharian, and Neltharian is just like... It actually was not really a weak aura problem that we ran into. It was more of a, like, we had four or five people in that didn't hold the boss with us the first time mm-hmm. um, in any significant amount. And so they're learning how to, like, where all the positions are. You know, somebody spends three pulls getting spot number three on a certain heart set, and then suddenly they get heart number one. And they have to go to a yeah. completely different location. And it's just like learning, like, pro tip, you do not have time. If you go to the wrong spot, you do not have time to fix it. You just eat it there, yeah. You just eat it there. Uh, which probably means you die or your the other person there dies or both. Uh, but you just stay there because at least then you can continue a pull instead of, like, bringing it back onto the raid and murdering a bunch of people. Um, yeah. But... You do have time to like sit there and think for a second. It's just like because the hearts are so big and you have to go so far away that if you go to the wrong spot, 
now that's going to take longer to fix than it yeah, would have just... been to just do the like take time in the first place to like really think about it a little bit so it's it's very different in some ways to some mechanics that we get where a lot of mechanics are like react first and then fix it later kind yeah. of deals this one is like you know you sit there and you think about it for two seconds and then you go yeah yeah interesting yeah I, i'm i'm not excited to have to do reprogression on that boss i'll say yeah of all the of all of them so yeah um well cool it sounds like then you just have what Naltharian and and potentially and, and sorry well not potentially yeah. but sark left yeah yeah nice that's a that's a decent first reclear yeah on a fir- well first night for first reclear yeah that's yeah. that's awesome so like big thing is just want to get Naltharian down tonight like if we get sarkarath too that's fantastic but like mm-hmm. yeah getting Naltharian down means we get skip progress right that's true yeah that's the yeah that's the thing nice nice well i mean good luck tonight i guess uh on getting those last two down and then hopefully i have some better news next week that's not just we're still we're still wiping in p3 um well cool let's let's talk a little bit maybe about some of the the news this week um a couple of stories popped up so um we'll go through a couple of these quickly so first up is um monty kroll um if you're not familiar was the technical director um it was a technical director at blizzard um he basically has worked on literally i think every game that blizzard's produced That's since warcraft 3 yeah since war 3 so he's been there 23 years um and has done a bunch of stuff i mean he's i mean most notably i guess as a wow podcast like the crow blade is named after him which of course is that the epic blade i think it was from blackwing layer if i remember correctly uh or no it was just a um a random world drop sorry it's just a world yeah just yeah, which is a world drop. Um, so the Crow Blade's named after him. Uh, he also does, which I didn't know this, uh, he does the, or did the Time is Money Friend, which is one of the Goblin voice oh. lines. Um, so yeah, Wowhead had it in the article. I didn't realize that was him. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. I mean, a lot of those, I guess, early voice lines of like We're NPCs are actually TV. just, yeah, just Blizzard people, yeah. So yeah, but yeah he's, he's literally been everywhere. I think uh, he spent the most time, or he spent a bunch of time on StarCraft II building that engine in there but like i said he's basically put i think time into every game blizzard released since war three um so um so yeah so sucks well it kind of sucks that he's leaving um i think he leaves from a position in the warcraft arclight rumble team officially um but um but yeah monty moving on after 23 years which is uh, to be fair extremely long time i think to spend at any one company regardless of industry and i think in games you know extremely rare um to be at a studio for that long if you're not in some sort of like you don't own it or you didn't start it yeah. essentially <laughs> so um but yeah sucks monty's leaving so um but yeah we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens where it goes lots of old guy old blizzard guys starting studios so we might see his name pop up somewhere else um so next up is a story that i find absolutely hilarious um but uh it's a it's about a new a new arrival to the world of warcraft uh universe it's glorbo um coming in um and it's just uh it's a terrible terrible thing um but (laughs) you guys aren't familiar with glorbo or what this means is essentially um a bunch of redditors um had noticed that a particular website called z league had essentially been just scraping content um the use of some sort of like or not use of some sort but use of like ai um sort of bots and things like that to basically scrape information from various different sources and then post them as articles on this website for called Z League. 
Um, and so what they ended up doing was hatching a plan to basically upvote a bunch of like posts and articles in the WoW subreddit about this Glorbo coming to World of Warcraft. And eventually ZLeague.gg, which is the website, posted an article about people being excited for Glorbo to be introduced into the game. Um, and so it's a little bit of a bait and switch, but it, it essentially highlights the fact that a lot of like or a lot of, but some of these sort of news sites that are out there um have absolutely just absolutely scrape anything they can and post it as an article. I know that Wowhead is is sometimes we'll say accused of doing similar things like this. But in general, there's a, not in general. It's not this bad. It's not to this extent. Like, and, and this is like Wow yeah. Wowhead does the like very um I, I would say unfortunately common like someone made a Twitter post kind of um exactly articles. But at least those like there is a human involved, right? They it's it's someone made a Twitter post, but at least it's an interesting Twitter post and there's something there that is interesting, mm -hmm. even if it's just someone made a Twitter post. This is literally like no context, just like ah, highly upvoted post. Chat GPT an article. Uh, exactly. I love this. I love that they got this quote in here, though. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm looking at the article on the Wayback Machine right now because they did take down this article uh, from ZLeague.gg after yep. they realized what had happened. But this this quote that they took from Reddit verbatim is just so damning of the whole thing. Uh, and the quote is. Honestly, this new feature makes me so happy. New feature referring to Glorbo. I just really want some major bot-operated news websites to publish an article about this. The, the article goes on. This sentiment is echoed by many other players in the comments. <laughs> it's oh, so yeah. funny. Yeah, it's a. I mean, to be to be fair, it's also a, a little alarming in that case. But yeah, it's just hilarious. I mean, I think they said like Wowhead did a bunch of stats in their article, but I think some of the other things that I find hilarious is the person credited with writing this article, uh, just Lucy Reed is the name, which might not be a real person, published eighty three articles the day the Glorbell article came out. Right. So like just on on Z League, which is like absolutely crazy that you can write that much. And then I think the other thing is that like. Like Z League has been averaging because they just don't do wow news. They do news across the gaming sort of sphere. They've been averaging 241 articles per day yeah. over the past like three months, which is just this is crazy. It's it's a sort of I think maybe the the bad part about like AI or ChatGPT and sort of like the idea of like AI is it 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 almost will start to generate just stupid in like not stupid information, but like essentially like trash information into the internet. Right. When you get like articles like this yeah. and like how it like no context stuff. So this is spam. This is spam. Yeah. This yeah. stuff like this is why Google is barely usable. Anymore, right. Like yeah. search engines are full of, of uh, stuff like this. Like you search yeah. for things and it's just a bunch of automatically generated content um yeah it's you know really shitty and uh it does actually there is a larger um thing where like because there's no context for these they do take and reproduce like obviously Glorbo here is fairly benign right but they do take things that are not benign and propagate them you know they will happily take stuff off of a highly upvoted you know reddit post that is you know racist or sexist or anything like that and just like 
doesn't matter. Highly upvoted, make a make a chat GPT news article out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And then just yeah, spread that that message or whatever. Yeah. That that idea even further. Yeah. It's, so it is. A, it is an it's an interesting new technology thing, right? Like it's the same idea of like when like you get like Twitter or even like even more recently like live streaming and the fact that like the idea that your entire life can be on video is like just it. Yeah. I don't know. Technology is weird sometimes, and that like. The technology part of it's super cool. The use of it, maybe not as cool, right? Like maybe it has right. a little bit more of like a like pitfalls and stuff like that to it. So, but um, yeah. But oh yeah. So Glorbo, not honestly a real thing. If you've seen some stuff about that, that's what it is. There are. I saw a, there was another Reddit post that popped up about um how to speak. I think it was Nerubian in game, and it was this guy who like. Essentially, wrote a step by step guide for how to speak Nerubian, and a bunch of people commenting, like, oh man, this works, or oh man, you could have used this item. And they're like, well, it's only like for a limited time. So I think they're still trying to trying to catch old Z League and some, <laughs> and some interesting, like, yeah, bot articles. So, yeah. Um, but cool. Um, maybe in, in maybe more fun news, a uh, little happier times is uh, Raider.io is acquiring Keystone.guru for their auto generated, um, routes functionality so if you weren't familiar i mean you should be familiar with raider.io but if you weren't familiar with keystone.guru uh basically it was a way for it was a online website to basically create and then share out uh mythic plus routes um and so i think keystone guru had been working with raider.io on a lot of their like the weekly routes so like every week right where i would put out routes for every dungeon and and even i think um some of the analysis on some of the top run routes they were also working on that but now they've basically you know been Sort of acquired by Raider.io, and they're coming out with a, what they're what are they calling it? It's like auto route creator. Yeah, where the idea is they will auto create routes, which is really interesting. Uh, did you see the the uh, the JB tweet about this? I, no, I, I did. wish I could find. It. Hang on. <laughs> uh, let's see. Twitter.com/slash JD. Uh, I didn't realize JD. I didn't realize JB had a had a take on this. Uh, so uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to pull this up. Sources say this new tool is being referred to internally as the deep learning route automator tool for newbies online service. Weird name, but I'm I sure guess. they have their reasons. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, <laughs> for those that maybe you couldn't follow from the audio, it's an acronym for chat notes. <laughs> Who used to do the weekly route. Uh, yeah. I guess like that was what that was BFA time or even before I think he did it for years. He oh. did it in yeah, did it and BFA. Really. Like he did it for a long time. Yeah, I've I've used I used many of his routes when I was tanking in in Legion. Yeah, uh, for for Mythic Plus. So, um, but yeah, so this is a, a cool little acquisition. I mean, Keystone.Guru I think was I I don't do much Mythic Plus, but it seemed like a really cool tool. And the idea of having auto generated routes is is just helpful for the community in general that that might not know the best way to uh to go through a dungeon so yeah good on raider.io love love to see consolidation in the industry right <laughs> right emelson love to love to see when love tools to just it. come together <laughs> uh there's also uh in you know shameless plug uh because i work there um there is actually a a view route feature on warcraft logs for dungeon logs um but you can't like export to mdt or anything like that and as with many useful warcraft logs features it is fairly hidden away yeah actually that that reminds i don't know if you can say this or if you know this but have you guys seen like an increased amount of key trap key logging traffic like well 
logging of keys, I guess right. I should say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, try to phrase that in a way that yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything. But yeah, like like of Mythic Plus dungeon runs being uploaded. Have you seen like an increase in those at all? Or can um, you even say? I, I don't know. can't say. And it's not okay. because I can't say. It's because, well, I mean, it's, it's not because I like allowed to say it's because i actually have yeah. no idea okay i, I have yeah. not looked i would just be interested if like like the rise of augmentation which we'll talk about i think in a minute here has like affected like more runs being uploaded because i know that like for me personally like when i play augmentation i do actually log my keys and upload them which yeah. is something i i don't do that's actually i just so. i had pulled up a, a log from this week that we did and i don't normally log my keys either unless they're just mm. incident like incidentally logged because i have it on you had it on for like raid or whatever right yeah um and but we had people that wanted to see the augmentation damage the actual augmentation damage so i uploaded it after uh and that's the only reason i have those so at least in my case i i same thing like because of augmentation uploaded logs um yeah it's gonna be very interesting like not to get too far off topic it's gonna be a very interesting couple of months while the whole community kind of like figures out how to deal with augmentation yeah yeah exactly yeah well i mean speaking of having to deal with augmentation uh we talked a little bit last week about the what was it the 22 augmentation evoker run that bicep pumps put together where they were um you know killing bosses in heroic um avarice in like 20 seconds 30 seconds well Blizzard had come out and uh, made a couple of changes. Um, the biggest being that um, a single player can only benefit from a maximum of four uh, of the the external buffs that Evokers does, which includes Ebonmite, Prescience, and Shifting Sand. So essentially the idea is that you can no longer infinitely stack, say, Ebonmite on a player. Um, you can only do up to four, which to be fair is probably a fair number like i you don't want a hard it's, stack it's evokers right beyond there. that yeah yeah uh what that actually does kind of mean as well is that um if you're looking at like mythic for next tier you can't just take the best dps class and then only bring evokers basically to buff mm-hmm. right or take the best burst dps class and bring evokers them you know shotgun the boss um the other really major part of this is uh breath of aeons can no longer proc fate mirror and those are just like word salad mumbo jumbo for most people but what we talked about last week with the biceps uh, bicep pumps run is that they were having all of their evokers fire off breath of aeons breath of aeons it turns out already had code in place to prevent it from benefiting from other breath of aeons Mm-hmm. but it could trigger fate mirror and breath of aeons could benefit from fate mirror so what you would end up with is like breath of aeons from evoker a triggers fate mirror that then breath of aeons from evoker b copies and multiplies further and so that was generating the other like other piece of uh, really busted damage mounts exactly yeah um i yeah, did so I'm, uh, oh, sorry Oh, sorry, just one more brief thing about augmentation. Uh, shortly after our podcast last week, uh, when uh, there was a Wowhead article where one of the augmentation theory crafters actually broke down what was going on with that run. Um, and it turns out Breath of Aeons wasn't even the most busted part. So I did link that in the show notes um, for last week's episode. 
but just to like go back there the breath of Ions thing is not the only thing that was going on that's just you know really strong yeah yeah so i mean it's yeah it's uh it was it was an interesting set of or not interesting but it was a i would say a, a solid set of just changes in general i think it just you know limiting the need to to stack a single class i think is always a good thing um they went further by the way with um some of these nerfs coming up which um will go live this coming tuesday um on the 27th which is um a couple of additional sort of buffs or um not buffs but changes we'll say to evoker a buffs and nerf so um some of like the the buffs uh such as closest clutch mates which basically makes um ebon might and breath of aeons more effective when you're not in a raid group that bonus got reduced from 40 percent to 20 percent um there's um a couple other changes like eruption damage has been increased so the evoker will do more individual damage now versus relying on their party or their buffs to their party to do a bunch of the damage um and then a uh a reduction in black attunement um which uh reduces the overall health provided by uh or sorry reduces the health black attunement provides um from seven or from 10 and 16 to seven and 10 and then i think fate beer has its chance to occur uh reduced so handful of we'll say tuning changes to evoker to buff their own individual damage but reduce their contribution to the group the um, the big thing here is the closest clutch mates change yeah um the uh idea there is that you go from buffing four dps to buffing two dps and so you get a, a compensation um mm -hmm. they just you know forgot the tanks and healers exist and that tanks also scale off of primary stat uh and that that you know ended up being really powerful yeah basically um especially when you have a spec like brewmaster that can compete with dps specs on overall damage Engine. exactly yeah so it's uh, a bit of a we'll say a bit of um bit of a bit of a reduction in their overall power but i i'd still say i mean if we haven't really brought up the great push i don't think it's on our notes but the great push is going on this weekend and that is literally a vo augmentation evokers a lock in every comp for every dungeon. They they were actually um, running literally the same comp in every guardian. Yeah, it was holy paladin augmentation evoker fire mage and shadow priest. Yeah, so it, this by no means reduces the overall. I'd say augmentation still very good, and I think augmentation is going to run probably very similar to if you guys remember like the legion disc priest that that big rework rework on legion where. Essentially, disc and augmentation or old disc and augmentation suffer from the, the fact that, like, to make the class playable by normal people, we'll say, uh, <laughs> it has to be easy and good. But that also means that at the extreme, like, top end, it is essentially busted. Yeah. Right. Like, if, if you don't, yeah. if you guys didn't play back then, but like old disc, Legion disc could literally solo heal some encounters by like really only by the very best players. And then as you got lower, lower in skill or just lower, lower, yeah, I guess skill is the right word to say. They become they became just more normal healers or say more, yeah. more mortal but yeah, yeah very high ceiling and like to get the general population to play it it has to have some level of yeah, ability to be played at, at a lower level accessibility it's it's yeah. funny uh um slightly different game but in overwatch when when brigida came out same deal um mm -hmm. they they were a support and they were busted as fuck uh <laughs> they were very accessible 
But then in the hands of like a, well, okay, actually in the hands of basically anybody, they were busted as hell. They got nerfed and then still were in the hands of like a really skilled player, just completely broken. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of, that's sort of the balance with, I think of uh, augmentation of Oka right now is sort of trying to hit that, that sweet point. Um, and then, sorry, one other thing before I think we go into monk changes, but that's okay. Um, we talked a little bit last week about the echoing tear stone nerf, which is the trinket from the, the new dungeon, the five man dungeon. Um, so we, the team or not, we'll say the team Volk and his, 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 that group did the final theory crafting on that. Once they saw the trinket online, we're able to test it actually was a larger nerf than we thought it was. So it, it sort of moves it, at least from a, um, a monk perspective, mystery perspective, sort of out of your top three, top four trinkets. Um, so, I mean, if you already had, I mean, Rashok still hands down, best trinket you can get your hands on. Um, and then the class trinket from Neltharian, still number two, solidly number two. And then Tearstone sort of fits in like the three, four, five. Those type of trinkets are all fairly similar. Um, with like the other trinket actually from um the new dungeon. I think it's Time Thief's Gambit being yeah. um being decent now, being on par with Echoing Tearstone. So no longer really a chase item if you're looking for the best of the best, but still a, a fairly solid trinket in the in the top five. Yeah. So speaking of trinkets from that dungeon, it still does have the only cheat death trinket the entire expansion has given us. So if you want one of those for prog next tier or for prog this tier, um that's the only place you can get it still. Have fun. Nice. Um, and then we did see some, or so there were announced some hot fixes for monks coming in in this upcoming Tuesday, the 27th. Um, so we've got, I'll go over the Windwalker ones quickly. Windwalker just getting some flat damage increases across the board. Increases to Tiger Palm, Black Oak Kick, Fist of Fury, and Rising Sun Kick, as we are sort of been known to see across the board. We'll continue to probably see a slow trickle of buffs to Windwalker as they do not scale with stats and need Blizzard to artificially scale them, which is always fun. Um, um, they're the only one of these worth noting that is uh, AoE. I guess Blackout Kick is kind of AoE with, uh, I don't know what it's called now. It makes it hit two extra targets. Miss of Fury uh -huh. is also AoE, but Rising Sun Kick and Tiger Palm are purely single target. Um, and so this is, I believe the numbers I saw Babs posting in, in Guild Discord were 6%, 5 to 6% single target nice. uh, gain, which is, you know, thumbs up for Windwalkers. Do more damage, still sit on the bench, lovely. Um, there are, <laughs> I, shouldn't, I, I should disparage them. I think there's a, a yeah. Uh, there's also a slate of tank changes, all tank damage changes. Uh, Warriors get 7%, Protection Paladins get 8%, Death Knights get 10%. Um, I actually, I was wrong. Guardian Druids got nerfed. Their Ursox Fury shield got nerfed. Yeah. But like, damage boosts across the board for tanks, except for Brewmaster. Um, you, you can uh, thank Brackenhide Hollow for this nerf. Uh, damage of Spinning Crane Kick reduced by 20%. Damage of Keg Smash reduced by 5%. This is one of those things where, like, the Keg Smash nerf is actually relevant. Spinning Crane Kick nerf is kind of bait. Um, it's, you know, the, the most effective way for you to pad on damage in a key is to sit there spamming Spinning Crane Kick. Uh, on high target count AoE, like the Lashers in Brackenhide Hollow. It is, like, not to be, you know, completely hyperbolic, it is an actual nerf. This is not really, like, going to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, 
honestly, <laughs> uh, the Keg Smash one is kind of awkward because Keg Smash is already a button that we only... It's so weird. Okay, sorry. S small tangent. We went from, like, Breath of Fire being just a button that we never want unless we absolutely uh -huh. had to for other to and like keg smash being like the button to push uh to now it's like keg smash we only push as a means to reset the cooldown on breath of fire basically and we only push breath of fire in order to turn on buffs unless like there's a different talent you can take that makes it worth pushing but that talent build is no longer as good as you know getting your buff your tried passions buff from from uh from breath of fire and so all of our damage now on, on single target and raid is primarily focused into Blackout Kick and Tiger. Gotcha. It's Interesting. Just, it's just very funny how it's all like shifted around. <laughs> a couple minor changes or a couple of yeah, changes in the way it works. That's funny. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all. I guess I mean, I had on here that just the Paladin changes, but we don't I mean, Paladin, Holy Paladin got healing and damage decreases going into this week so these were already live um for this raid week um so eight percent healing reduction 12 percent damage reduction um and then tears deliverance healing has been decreased by 15 percent um the only anecdotal so having not played paladin since i guess sire that would have been the last time i played it in shadowlands um the only thing i know is from our holy paladin our guild hates tears deliverance really <laughs> in that like just I think he, I think his point is like they're so reliant on it right now. It's sort of annoying to play around. Okay. Um. But um. But yeah. Other than that, it seems like they this was probably warranted. Although it hasn't changed like the great push meta or anything like that. So yeah, Paladin's still crushing damage at this point. So. Uh, our holy Paladin is like huge, huge fan. Not necessarily of Tears Deliverance. I don't know about that specifically, but of the new uh, iteration on Holy Paladin, they were like so before the change. Holy Shock was number six or seven on their priority of spells to push to heal people with. And mm -hmm. that felt really wrong and weird. And nobody in the raid could triage anybody because all of the triage spells were bad. And now Holy Paladin can do triage. And Holy Shock is an important button for doing that. So they're yeah. like, it, it feels more like it should. Nice, nice. Um,. But cool. I think that's I think that's it for weekend review stuff. Um, so I had a couple of of topics for this week, um, three to be exact. Um, so I think the first one, probably a quick one, but uh, the ping system coming in ten one seven. So we can get a chance to talk about this last week. Um, but I am super, but personally, very excited about this. So what Blizzard's doing is they're adding in essentially a ping system into the game, um, very much similar if you've played any sort of like battle royale type game or yeah, Battle Royale, or I mean, to be fair, a lot of games have this now where you essentially point your cursor at something and you can ping it and like it'll uh, alert your teammates to something going on. So in Battle Royales, it's good to like ping out NMP positions or movement. Hey, we're going to move there. Um, so WoW has sort of added in this system to basically ping in a couple different aspects. I think it's like assist, attack, on my way or warning. You can ping one of those sort of ideas immediately shows in the game world on the terrain and then your teammates or your group will also see that same ping um and so it's it, i think it's i think this is a good this is a good addition something i probably needed for a while and i think honestly it's going to help in those sort of i think this this in conjunction with what are they calling it? the private auras is that what it is whatever the the hidden auras are part is like the 
the hearts on Notharian, right? Or no, yeah. Um, help with sort of dealing with mechanics like that in like a PVE environment. Um, basically be able to like quickly say, I'm moving here, and then like people will give you space, right? Versus having to like I mean, I guess the other way you do it is like world markers, but that's so slow of like going it's, to like the raid menu and then like clicking. So it's, yeah. it's also like even if you keep buying them, right? They're still yeah. global. Only one square marker can be out at a time and, and all that stuff. Um yeah. it's just Awkward. And they're permanent too. I guess that's the other option. Yeah. The other idea is like, yeah, they permanently say that where pings sort of drop for a couple seconds, then disappear. So. Yeah. So this actually, like, looking at our reclear on on Friday, this actually would have been really nice for um, Scarn. Be able to like oh, ping, yeah. like, hey, can you clear this trap? Yeah. Like, we have actually all eight world markers out as reference points on that that we do use. Like, can you clear the traps next to X? Can you clear the traps next to Square? But like being able to ping a specific trap. Or like I could move Skull there right now, but Skull is actually very difficult to see as a world marker on a yeah. lot of fights. So, yeah, no, I'm really excited. I actually loaded up PTR just to sort of ping things, um, and so it's it's a really intuitive system. The keybind stinks because it's I think it defaults to G, and like I have spells bound to G, so I have to yeah, me too. Find actually. another keybind to this, um, but in general, it's a it's a it's a really cool cool new system. So I'm excited to see. Like how people end up using it. I think it also it'll print to chat too, so you'll be able to see like who pinged what. Um, and there is a you can't like spam ping, so like it, at most you I think you can just like you'll end up with someone being an idiot in some sort of like instance grouped content like once, and then that's enough. So, um, yeah. but yeah, pings are coming. Probably a couple years overdue, but a cool cool ten one seven feature. Hopefully, it makes it in there. Um, so far, I think the big or one of the two big topics we had. Um, uh, the new dungeon. Um, yeah. So the new mega dungeon was released with the patch this week. I have actually done it. I don't know if you had a chance to do it yet. Yep, I've done it a couple of times. No trinket yet. Nice, unfortunate. Um, how how are you liking it? How? Morky how's sucks. it going? Morky sucks. That boss I would, is terrible. Yes. Um, everything else is, I would say, pretty good. Like uh, standout bosses that I thought were really interesting and and like different and fun uh eridicron that's a a boss yes. that like that's a really good boss it feels really different and also i really like like the the combined group soak plus tank mechanic on that is uh neat and i like it um then there's uh to a lesser extent Colonel lord deus is like very different okay. from like most raid encounters um i've seen some people try to tank that and do very strange things it's Pro tip for Chrono Lord Deus, if you're tanking this boss, okay? And, and it's always the end of the fight that people get really messed up on. After, after spoilers, he tries to corrupt uh, Don Stormu. Um, go to the wall. And move around the room. Pick, pick a direction, wall, yeah. clockwise, counterclockwise, does not matter. Pick one, and just move around the room, on the outside. It's not super complicated, you do... All the everybody except the tank needs to be behind the boss, tanks in front of the boss, and every time he does the thing that puts the swirlies on the ground, you move forward out of the swirlies, and there's always space. Always, yeah. Yeah. So um that's that's how you do that boss. It is it is a good boss though. I, I like that boss. Uh there are yeah. a lot of bosses in there. Yeah, yeah, eight. I mean I would I would agree that Morky is 
the one boss that I disliked, I think, the most. So I, I actually pugged it my first time in. So it was sort of the, the pure, like, not guild group. Um, took about an hour and a half, actually. So not too terribly long for, like, a bunch. Like, none of us had done it before. Um, and so, yeah, I would say Morky's not, not that much fun. Tier was interesting in that... I, I like Tier 2. Yeah, and I, my only problem with Tier is... So we actually almost wiped, basically. Everyone died, but the DH and then our tank uh, with about... 15% left on tier and the 10 and then the DH died. I think the next circle thinks to the middle, but the tank was able to solo the last 5%. It was a paladin production paladin. So I don't know if it's like the, the center orbs don't do enough. Like there's not enough punishment for missing them or I'm not what in there being, but I don't know what the center. Orb. Neither do I. Like I just knew we had to soak them. Like I, I literally was like, as I'm in the dungeon, I'm like watching Jack's video on the side monitor about his overview of it. And then I'm like, okay, this, okay, this boss soak. So that's what I did. But, I mean, tier is just so I the, the balls. I do know if you soak them, you get a damage buff, and yeah, it's okay. Yeah, and I don't know if it's supposed to be that like that's the only thing, like it's just a damage buff, or if there's supposed to be something else that you like need to. I I don't know. Yeah, but, I should probably know, read about it. Yeah, maybe that's something next time I'll read the dungeon journal. Yeah, um, I will. I will say too, the dungeon in general was very. I got confused. Because you you um as you progress through the dungeon, you actually rewalk back through other areas you've previously yep. like done. Because you're sort of like I guess like riding the time wave, so you'll see like different areas in different time or whatever. Um, so like I got a hundred percent lost after one wipe, actually before what is Moki, whatever that boss's name is, yep. because like I number one didn't know what portal to go into when it splits like that, and then yes. number two was like. I was like confused walking. Like, I, I, just, I, I took a portal and ended up in a place I didn't realize. And then when I tried to backtrack, it put me in a different part of the dungeon. So <laughs> I, 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 I screwed something up. So yeah, other than that, I think other than like navigation of the dungeon and then you can't use, I guess the other part is you can't use the map because it's all like sub zones. So like when you back out of the map one level, it's now it's just like a illustrative picture of like the zone. Yeah. It's not like the real like right. coordinates. So um, yeah, that's true. That's definitely uh, a bit of a pain point. Um, yeah but, but if you're just going through it's fine um i will say the gauntlet was probably my favorite thing so after tier there's the gauntlet before you get to like where it splits between moki and the i don't even know what the other boss does it's like the it, gauntlet the, it's it's the um the alliance versus horde yeah boss the alliance boss. versus yeah. horde boss it reminds me of um not the oculus with the other one the nexus the one in the basement in wrath okay where you go and there's the frozen dudes down there. Fight them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I it reminded yeah. me of that. It's just like that. It's very similar. And um, now there's an even larger thing to beat you up. It's yeah. just that boss, though, with an with, with a even bigger dude. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, the gauntlet was, was fun going through it. Um, I didn't take the portal. I like made it a point to make it through to much to my group's chagrin because somebody had made it through and opened up the portal before yeah. I had finished. I was like, now nah, give me at least two more tries and then we'll do it. So yeah, the um, uh, I, I will say that I found the gauntlet very frustrating because of how finicky specifically the frontal cones were um, yes. in terms of their hitboxes. Um, sometimes you would like not be in them like way out of them and it would you know count you as in them yeah and sometimes you would 
be in them, but you would be at the, oh, this is actually, the hitboxes for them, where they fade out at the end actually doesn't hit you, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. It's actually, like, I, I wonder if they intended to that be, like, for that to be a little bit of, like, forgivingness to the mechanic. But they didn't consider the fact that you're going to try and run through them sideways. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it just, like, those things, they just were not super, like, it was just a crap shot as to whether, like, you were either really clearly, like, miles and miles away and you were fine, and if you were not miles and miles away when it went off, then, like, good luck. You might get hit, you might not. Yeah, I will say, in, like, in probably a coordinated group, you could have done this a little better. I know in mine, like, uncoordinated, like, the other problem was, like, people running ahead of you would, like, trigger things as you were getting to them, and you couldn't stop because behind yeah. you was, like, That's the, the, the front too. loading you and the other person they'd already targeted, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, the um, other thing is... It's actually okay to just stop in the middle of this thing. Like, you have the yeah. huge movement speed buff, but you don't have to keep moving. And so that's actually one of the things that made it much easier for me to get through the thing, is that sometimes, like, somebody, like you said, triggers the frontal cone in front of you, and you can actually just, like, sit there. Just stop in front and of wait, it. Yeah. Wait for it to go off, and then go through and be perfectly fine. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of tight, because then the dudes that shoot balls... Uh, turn and, and start shooting those at you. So like you don't have a ton of time, but you can stop and and wait for the mechanic to go off and then go forward. Uh, the other thing I found about it, the door opens, but you can't actually go through it for a while. Oh. The dudes at the oh, front yeah. will just shoot you immediately. Not not like shoot a ball at you, just shoot you and send you out immediately until the oh, army really? finishes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, I mean, we didn't get. I didn't get there first, so like, I, the RP probably had already finished. But yeah, well, no, no, like at the very start of it, but like when you're trying to enter the gauntlet. Oh, okay. Like the door goes down. Yeah. And I, like this happened this week. I was just like trying to get going in the gauntlet, like just get yeah. you know moving, and I'm just like, uh, hello, <laughs> hello. I'm getting ported back to the start over and over again by these dudes, and yeah. it just like until the RP finishes playing, like the door goes down, but you can't actually start the gauntlet. It's very, like. Odd. Normally, so when the door opens, you can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I, I'd say, uh, like, in terms of dungeons, like, if we look at the other mega dungeons that have come out, like Mechagon, and then, um, what was the one last raid? Tazavesh. Tazavesh. I, so I think I like this better than Tazavesh, but I don't, I think Mechagon to me is still the best mega dungeon. Well, modern mega dungeon there's also karazan yeah i mean karazan is like but to me karazan's a 10-man raid like it's not a mega dungeon. (laughs) that's the other that's the problem is like in 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 my lore karazan's just like a remake of of a 10-man but no but no i mean i think karazan would probably take the cake in terms of like actual like if we're talking about five-man dungeons in the game for me at least like i so my my current kind of opinion is that more key aside the bosses in this dungeon are probably the best of any of the mega dungeons on the whole like even morky being in there doesn't make up or doesn't drag it down far enough i think because other bo- other dungeons also have their you know kind of ass bosses. that's fair yeah, yeah yeah um and to be uh, fair mechagon mechanics are not that advanced like those bosses are fairly simple in terms of like what you're right. doing in each of them so yeah. yeah there's actual mechanics in this one so um 
then I think that in terms of like the actual trash mechanics and stuff, Mechagon probably the best. Yeah, there's a variety there. Yeah, um, and then in terms of like the overall like dungeon layout and like creative pathing and just like screwing around and trying different things, Karazad is like, is, yeah, is just like the way people were doing Karazad lower in Legion, like changed four or five times over the course of the expansion, and then when we went back for Karazad lower in season four. It was just completely different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's still, you still don't do the spiders. Spiders are banned. But, you know, you, it was just different. And there's just so many different ways you can go through that dungeon. Um, yeah. The, and that's not like, Hazavesh is, is good. It's just not the strongest on any singular category. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it wasn't, I wouldn't, I would agree. Tazavesh, not bad, but yeah, not, there's no highlights from Tazavesh. It's like, last if boss anything, was awesome. last boss of Tazavesh was awesome. Okay, yeah, but then you had to deal with what, the fourth boss, the last boss of like the first section of Tazavesh, which I, oh, contend I like is that one boss. of the wall, no, the wall boss, absolutely hard, hard of a boss. I like that boss. No, it's like, doing that day one and like having it, like randomly start casting and then or like the little ports you have to take like not just putting you in a position where you're eating a wall anyway it's just yeah not a fan yeah but, um, all right all right um but yeah no the, the the new one i would say like definitely up there in terms of i think aesthetically too i think it's pretty good i think it's yeah. a cool mix of like different time stuff and like different like environments so yeah it's it like solid job. like thinking back through like tazavesh it's like a lot of the bosses in there have a gimmick they're like uh they're like two-thirds yeah. of the bosses in that dungeon are gimmick bosses you have the music boss Liter very yeah. literally a gimmick boss uh you have the um the auction boss right the gauntlet yeah. boss. um that again like the gimmick is that you use the thing from the one boss that just sticks around forever to just like soak up all the orbs from the second boss and then the third boss just kind of exists <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah um yeah and then of course the wall boss that we already talked about has a very significant gimmick i think it's a cool boss i think it's a fun boss but it is very much a gimmick boss there's not a lot of the that these bosses have this like fundamental um like this is why we play the game kind of of yeah. mechanics and, and challenges and things like that versus something like tier that feels more like just a scaled down raid boss yeah yeah i'd agree yeah, yeah. Or so Eridicron. I think they did. Eridicron, I guess. Yeah, Erid Eridicron, Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was really. It was fun. Like we, quote unquote, I had to progress that boss because we wiped probably like about ten times to it in this pub group, which funnily enough stuck together, which I thought was crazy. That's cool. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun to sort of go through that with them and like figure out damage, like where we needed it and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, I think new dungeon good. I mean, definitely check it out, and it'll. I think it's more than likely will be in the Mythic Plus pool starting next. Uh, next uh next patch season two or season three i guess it's now season three so yeah um yeah. the new one um and so the only i know we only have about five more minutes uh in the podcast but um i did want to bring up one quick thing just because we haven't we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week but jack uh shout out jack the priest of course automatic jack of priestly fame 
um, put out a video a couple of weeks ago, or probably about a week ago now, uh, basically bring up the topic of should 10-man mythic replace 20-man mythic? Um, and so it's sort of a lengthy video talking about like the most fun, you know, or not the most fun, but a time he really enjoyed was doing like 10 mans in MOP where there was sort of hard modes that rivaled 25 man at, the, at that time or whatever. Um, and it's funny because I would agree with him in that, like, I rated 10 man in Mr. Pandaria 2. Honestly, it was a huge amount of fun. We had like 11 people on roster. Yeah. Everybody knew each other. It was really close. It was fun. But I disagree because, like, I think there are too many classes in WoW for a 10 man group to exist without a lot of classes just playing very similarly or being very samey in terms of what they bring they, they could do it in terms of like you think about like amz and rally are very different in terms of feel but they perform a similar function they are both like 20 percent dr yeah. one of them doesn't work on you know magic or on uh, on physical damage and the other one has a chance to kill you when it expires yeah yeah exactly yeah, so there's definitely overlap in some abilities, but I think I think by and large, like my opinion of this is that there are just too many there's too many classes, too many like buffs, like just too many things that are spread across multiple classes that like your 10-man raid group essentially ends up being maybe like eight required classes. And you have wiggle room of two. Um the other yeah. problem I think a 10-man sort of brings up is like the overprevalence of tanks at that point. Um, where like you basically still need two tanks for that. 10 man raid and you need two tanks for your 20 man raids that we have today so yeah lowering the size doesn't sort of you know doubles the amount of quote-unquote percentage tanks of spots a tank need. takes up it, yeah it is something that i think could be fine if they were okay with having five tanks um and what, yeah. I, mean, what I mean by that is like um we had on an alchemation chamber this week we messed up the uh first tank combo in second phase I got one shot, um, <laughs> and then we had a rep paladin um, taunt, you know, the tank mechanic and do that. And if they were okay with like that being an actual way to do bosses, is just like one tank plus a tanky DPS that you know takes a tank mechanic, tank yeah. mechanic in order to spread out debuffs or whatever. Um, then I think it could be fine because then you have like a main tank and a second person that's like your designated off tank that will play a tank spec on bosses that need two tanks but then on a bunch of bosses they just play dps yeah exactly yeah so i mean i i think in my mind there's probably you'd have to change a lot of like the way classes plays and even some of like the upgrade and like gearing systems around it to like make i think 10 man mythic the replacement for 20 man so i think 20 the, man i think what i think the elephant in the room though is just what it would do to existing stable 20-man teams. Yeah. I mean, well, I, if you think about it, though, like, the, this was the same conversation that happened. I guess the problem is 20-man Mythic has been around, I think, at this point, longer than 40-man raids and 25-man raids. So, like, yes. we've already gone through those sort of reductions. And, like, the funny thing is going from, like, 40 to 25 at the time um, was over an expansion and like i know that my guild i've been going through it with my guild we were like really nervous but like what ended up happening is like a bunch of people quit and so like we actually had to recruit people to keep our 25 man group going um and like the same thing going from 25 to 20 from a mythic perspective in, in guild is like you you know you you basically lose people anyway to turn over across expansions and then you know you end up having to recruit and 
I think 20 yeah. is about the lowest I would go. And in terms of WoW, like it's funny, like I always look back at like some of the other games I played in Raid in. Like, I mean, I know Final Fantasy is what, eight people yeah. in a raid and like Destiny 2 is six people. Um, but I think those games are just different in, well, I don't know about Final Fantasy because I haven't played a ton of it, but I know for Destiny, like classes there are super simplistic, play very much the same. So like any six people who show up, you can raid. There's like nothing really yeah. mandatory. That's not how Final, um, that's not how Final Fantasy There's not... I mean, there's kind of there's not really mandatory, and that's more down to the content being. You can yeah. clear with anything, um, as long as you have two tanks, two healers, and four DPS, you will be able to clear. It's just a question of how easy it is, right? There's yeah. certainly comps that are easier than others, and there are certain things like you could technically do, you know, quad mechanist. You don't. <laughs> no one does that. Yeah. No one does yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's a cool thought process, thought sort of piece that I think, um, I think Jack put out. I just don't see WoW going through another reduction. I mean, maybe they take a step to 15, but even then, like, I think if 20 is a 15, solid. Just go 10. Yeah. I mean, I think 20 is a solid number for, for a mythic raid for like I, the highest content and like letting everything else be flexes. So this has come up a couple of times on the podcast, right? Like, we've talked about this yeah. before. Um, and, I, so I've done recruitment for my guild for um, and we've yeah. gone through a lot of stages and we're finally, finally, basically after years of work at the point where our roster is really um, like this tier or like actually since the expansion released, we have recruited we've recruited two people. We've had a couple more trials that, that didn't make it pan out mm -hmm. and yeah it's yeah as opposed to like you know after sanctum in shadowlands um we like after castle now here we probably replaced half our roster uh, oh. after after sanctum we probably replaced uh, another quarter to half and then yeah. after after sepulcher uh, another maybe quarter but then like season four through now has been well season four had some people burn out and quit um, but yeah. on the whole, like our rosters finally gotten to the point that it's pretty stable, and I'm very happy with that. And it would really suck for Blizzard to like be like 11.0 is 10 person rating, and yeah. have to disrupt that. But at the same time, I can completely empathize with people who are like maintaining 10 or 20 player rosters is really hard. Yeah, it is a lot of yeah. work. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get easier. And then like, yeah, you end up in like a situation with my guild where like we we maintain like 25, 26 people on roster, but Sometimes. we still have to bring it in yeah. halt or like a, a spot just to raid 20 man because of like yeah, overlap of vacations and like just other extenuating circumstances. So, yeah, I mean, recruitment's the worst part of this game, I think, but I think it's funny. Recruitment always seems to get easier when the game is better. I'll yes. Say. Yeah, and that's the other thing, like, right? Like some of the people we replaced in in Shadowlands, it wasn't because we were kicking them for being bad or whatever. It was because yeah. they were quitting the game. Yeah, and that's to be honestly, that is the majority of times we replace people, even in my guild. It's like it's not yeah. that, like we we lo we lose like maybe one person an entire expansion or two people an entire expansion like poor play. We're just like, dude, you're just not working out. Like it's your attitude's bad or like the way like you play is bad um versus like the majority of people that we replace are like i just don't want to play this game anymore like i'm just over it i want to go outside and do other things so you know it's definitely yeah roster boss sucks so i mean 
I don't want to see 10 man raids as cool as it would be to go back and like, you know, the MOP days, I think when I played with that group where some of my, I mean, those are, those are still guys I talk to today outside of wow. None of them play anymore, which is funny, but I still talk to a lot of them um, outside of wow. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, it, I don't know. It sort of waters down encounters too much. Like, I think that's the biggest problem. I so. think counterpoint to that is actually the new mega dungeon. Like we were commenting how some of these bosses feel like mid bosses <laughs> and it's, here from that i think that they could capture some of the things that make an encounter like sarkareth or rashok uh you know fun that then they could scale that down to a smaller group size um that's true i do think that you have a very good point though in terms of like the current class design they would need to go back to something closer to like cataclysm or in mop hunter was like your fill buff flex buff they could bring any one buff, but only one buff. Um, yeah. And, or they could bring a battle res. They was like, they could bring a buff or they could bring lust or they could bring battle res. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, things like that. Yeah. Cause then you get like DK, like, even if you think about like util, like I wouldn't even think about the major buffs, but like utility spells, like DK grips, like DK grip is still you, a problem. You, <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd get, you'd have to give it to another class. It might not feel right. You know, so, um, particularly, yeah, I guess it's like reverse life grip, yeah. So, but I mean, I know it's interesting. I don't I don't see them ever I don't see them making a change right now. Um yeah. I think there'd be larger scale changes in the game. Like it's definitely an expansion sort of topic, but yeah. Even then I think it's a it's like a maybe not this next expansion, maybe the one after it where they're like, "Okay, industry has changed again. Lower group sizes are what's in." You know, even for MMO, so like let's you know, I mean, go down <laughs> lower group sizes are already what's in for MMOs, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I think WoW just has that. WoW's got the history. Know, yeah, it's like, and it's like people like probably like you and I that have like, hey, we only know twenty man rating in like, you know, in WoW. So it's like, or we only know like a larger raid size versus, yeah, you know. And I mean, like, so my guild has two raid teams, right? Um, if they came out, you know, and said ten point two, you know, ten person rating. It would probably end up being that we would have four raid teams um yeah and yet even though it would probably all work out fine it would still be really awkward really <laughs> awkward and difficult to sort out who is going where who's doing what who's managing the new teams because we don't have like you new people would need to manage the new teams and all this stuff like it would just be a huge amount of churn for yeah like I, I, I would say that there is good reason to want it. But also, yeah, I mean, the, all, it would be very disruptive. Yeah, and I think all Jack's points, like, in his video makes sense. Like, I would, I literally would agree with all of them. I just think, in general, for the game, I wouldn't agree with the, you know, the highest level difficulty being 10-man, just because of, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it working in the way the game's currently set up. But Blizzard could change that, and we might get 10-man yeah. raids. And announced at blizzcon so i will say all this stuff is all this talking about the old dungeons the new dungeon and uh and you know lower group size rating has uh kind of made me look forward to a hypothetical season four of all mega dungeons again i would agree like, actually yeah yeah like, like if they like the maybe not with the affixes <laughs> maybe don't do that but like i think a season i think a season four will be fun yeah. this time yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, cool. but yeah, I think that is going to be it for our show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. 
I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it and you want to support the show and the other work that we do over on the Pika Serenity, you can do that at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to come and shitpost about spinning crane kick nerfs. Yeah. <laughs> or find out the actual impact of the Windwalker buffs. You know, something productive. What? Exactly. Uh, but that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.